Leonard Cohen suggested, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. Today, I, I have the privilege of talking to the first person I've met who is close to one of my other podcasters. In fact, that's how I met Andrew Foster. So as I, as I usually do here on this pleasant Sunday, Andrew, help us understand how you got here. Not, not so much what you accomplished, but who you are. You know, what's your story? Well, the, I, how did I got here part? Ideally, that would be the beginning of a person's start or whatnot. But to be honest with you and to just be all the way genuine, I will have to answer that I really don't know. And I will tell you, and for good reasons why. So just to start off, I was adopted at the age of two. So from the age of two on up through my adopted parents, I have always been somewhat outcast to a degree. And not, not for bad reason on my mom and dad's part, my, on my adopted parents' part, but more so dealing with my family, my current family that I'm dealing with. But moving forward in, from that, it's like you try to find a puzzle and a connection to your parents or to your family. And for, for example, my brother, my oldest brother, he's like a basketball player. You know, I played basketball, but basketball was not for me. Um, my sisters, they're more so of like, they like travelers. I like to travel, but I'm not big on traveling. I'm more of a settled person. You know, if I travel, it's be it just be on vacation or something like that and so on. So I'm stuck at a place now where I'm trying to fit all these puzzles and these pieces together of my life, of where I came from to the point where I'm at now. And this is going on for almost 40 years. So currently, I'm a writer, currently, and, um, and an independent publisher as well. Um, before that, you know, I, you know, I tried to find was anyone in the family who likes to write, my current family. And just to come to find out, there's no one in my family who likes to write. Um, I also like education as well. And from an education standpoint, no one in the family who they don't like, they don't like education. I'm not gonna say they don't like it. They just not big on education like I am as myself. So to answer that question, I'm still building and still trying to fit these pieces together in order to see where I go. And this is going on day by day to try to fit the puzzle together on all the pieces. What, what about writing? Because I write as well, and I've, I've loved writing since I was old enough to, to write, I think. Right, right, right. What about writing you know, floats your boat. What about writing gets you excited, gets you, gets your, gets your juices flowing? 
Okay. Um, before my incarceration, I wasn't writing. You know, I loved read, but I did never just was never concerned about writing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was getting my GED, trying to obtain my GED or whatnot, I had to figure out where, what do I want to do with myself while I'm incarcerated? What can I do to make a change, mm-hmm. have a voice, so to speak? And <clears throat> the only way I could have a voice is to write. Because as, as of right now, currently, our voices, and I'm speaking of incarcerated individuals, are not being heard like they're supposed to be heard. So I, so I came up with this idea after I passed my GED that, okay, I need to find a way to come up with a way just to write. No matter what it's about, no matter how it gets out there, I just want to write. So I end up, so I end up moving forward. I end up coming to or transferring to this prison that I'm currently in now. And just so happened, I had a, I have a family member that's here. And I remember working in the infirmary at the time of the prison. I remember he was, he had a doctor's appointment and I'd seen him reading Shakespeare. And I asked him, I said, um, I asked him, I was like, um, what you reading Shakespeare for? Because me remembering him way back, he didn't used to read stuff like that, though I read stuff like that. So he was like, well, I'm reading it for Georgia State. And I looked at him, I was like, Georgia State, what? Georgia State Patrol? Or what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> you so say so he laughed at me. So he was like, he was like, no, Georgia State University. So I was like, they have college here? Because just remind you, there is no college at this time. There's no colleges in the state of Georgia in prison, period. The only way you could go to college if you was doing it correspondently from the outside and you had to pay for it. So, and I asked him and I was like, well, how can I get in or whatnot? He said, well, you know, it's not accredited. I said, well, I don't care. I just want to do it for the sake of work or whatnot. So he was like, that's fine. Um, I talked to the professor and I said, I'll get you in. So like two months later, um, he introduced me to the professors. Um, one's named Bill Taft and another one, Sarah Higginbottom, who was over the program or whatnot. And we, they asked me what was my background in terms of uh, academic background or whatnot. And I told them, I let them know or whatnot. And it was like, okay, we'll be happy to, join you join happy for you to join the class and we'll um we'll see where we can go from there so in my first one of my first classes was in bill's task class and bill i call him mr right you know he was this journal he was this journalist for um turner and you know and he worked for other few people or whatnot and i used to remember when the class would complain about the papers we had to write, or if we just had any kind of complaints, period, he would say, stop, write about it. That was his answer for everything, write about it. 
And so I took that advice as in terms of writing about it. But I had to figure out what do I want to write about? I could write about social justice issues. I can write about, I mean, anything that my opinion that's going on on the outside. What do I want to write about? How did I want to be heard? That was my whole deal. So I'm stuck at a point now where I'm trying to find my niche on what I want to write about. Because you know, as being uh, an academic yourself, that it's all kinds of writing. You have academic writing. You have journalist writing. You have um, blog writing. You have creative writing, creating nonfiction and the rest of it. It is just a whole bunch of genres up on the writing umbrella. And I was just trying to find my niche. So after a few classes with Bill, we had a poetry class um, with Professor Gillis. And with Professor Gillis, poetry to me, what I always thought was, okay, poetry it just sounds like a whole bunch of good words, sound like together, and it's just whatever. Sounds good, it's pleasant, it's pretty, it's all about love, the typical definition of poetry. So I thought. But she's explaining it in a way where she was like, poetry is how you see it. Whoever the writer is or how the writer sees the world, that's what poetry is. It can be based on the human condition. It can be based on the object of, objects of nature. It's however a person sees poetry or the world, that's poetry. So I like that definition. So we started out in classes and we had some workshops. We had workshops dealing with um, um, poetic diction, rhyme schemes, or whatnot. And then I found myself liking poetry more than anything, because to me, it's like Professor Gillis said, poetry is how you see the world. And the way I see my world, regardless of my incarceration, I see a lot of hope. I see things that can be done inside and outside these walls for humanity, humanity can, can get back together and we can come to a common ground and a common conclusion and understanding each other more. That's how I see, that's what I see in myself in writing poetry. So I started, write, started up writing poetry. So even with, even with that, you know, I just write poetry. I didn't take it serious. It was not one of my ways that I was trying to get my voice heard. It was just something I was just trying to do just trying to write my thoughts down, trying to write my frustrations out. This is just something I was just doing. So after that, I'm gonna say about a year, about a year, about a year later, um, to one of my friends, which is a third party, I was having a conversation with her and I asked her, was there any way if she had any time because she sent me up uh, like a blog site mm -hmm. or a website or whatnot. <clears throat> and she was like, she was like, yeah, she's all for it or whatever. So, you know, we can set it up. And she was like, you can send me the information and I can go ahead and post it online or whatever you wanted to do. At this time, I'm still writing poetry. 
but I'm still trying to find a niche to get before I can be heard. So we got that out the way. And I found, so she asked me, what about a domain name? So the domain name I came up with was called Sublime Living. And what Sublime Living was about, it was about finding awe in experiences and negative experiences and finding inspiration no matter what the situation is about. And at first, I was trying to think about, okay, how can I get this information out on time? Because through the postal service, it's slow. I don't want to be behind. Sometimes they might, she might get it on time. Sometimes she might not. Sometimes it might go out. Sometimes it might not. I don't know. But I'm going to try it anyway. So well, I went ahead and tried. And again, because of the time, I had to stop. So that was kind of more of a letdown. Yeah. But, you know, after after that, for about a month or so, I kind of laid low for a minute and said, well, let me come up with something else. So around December 19, 2019, I came up with another idea of coming up with another blog, blog spot. So through Blogspot was free, it's free. So I came up with how it was called AWOL Academics. That was the name of the domain, AWOL Academics. So my focus went from uh, 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 finding R during a time of negative negativity to now I'm talking about education because I'm big on education as well. And what AWOL academic is all about is most people in academia and just remind you, this is not something I was going through at the time in class or anything. It was just at the time I was seeing a lot of people, college students going through a time where professors were ridiculing them because of their class anxiety, whether it's just trying to belittle them with their knowledge, or it's just dealing with academic bullying, using another student to overpower the lower students who are who maybe who are left behind, and or just academic dishonesty in general. And so I came out with my first blog. I published my first blog and it was called Eyes of Evaluation. And basically, Eyes of Evaluation was it's just basically touching on more on um, classroom anxiety, the fear of getting getting a good keeping a good GPA, a good a, a fear of trying to be more like your professor without the experience. And then, you know, that was published. But after that, the pandemic had hit. This is like February right. 2020. The pandemic had hit. And while the pandemic, the, and the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, my third party, she's a nurse. So now she's on the front line. She has to be on the front line now. Sure. So, <laughs> so now I have to find another way 
of sending my stuff out. So I've I've just been just away for months after that. So speaking enough to July, I was talking to my friend, the third party, and she said, um, someone just tried to contact you on your Facebook page. And I was like, who? And she was like, well, it's a lady and she's an author and she's a publisher. I was like, oh, so I was like, well, can you can you read? Can you read and read a, read her information and read a profile? So she read a profile out and she was like, she's um, a publisher of SLC Publishing and um, she has um, everything down where she has all kind of writing academies and um, things like that. So I was like, well, does she have any prices by about what, what she's trying to publish? And she was like, yeah, she has she has prices too or whatnot. And I was like, well, ask her or message her and to see if she can publish a collection of poetry. And she was like, okay, cool. I will message her and I will see how much she's willing to charge. And I'll just call me back in a couple of days. I said, okay, fine. So a few days later, um, I called my friend back. And she um, basically told me, like, look, this is the price. The price is $1,200, roughly $1,200. I said, okay, cool. Because I already know being in the writing business anyway, dealing with the editing and the rest yeah. of it, um, proofreading, all that is costly. I know this. So, so I told my friend to go ahead, message her back, let her know. Once I get the money up, then we'll get back to her. And she was like, are you, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm very sure. I said, and by the way, let her know it might take a little second because I'm incarcerated. So my friend was like, are you sure you want to let her know that information? I'm like, I'm fine. I have nothing to hide. So just let her know. So she let her know. And I called the next day and my friend was like, look, she messaged me back and she said, because of your situation, she would do your collection as free as charge. Well, so I said, hold up, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> so she was like, how you feel about that? I said, well, <laughs> I feel what, what she was, what's, what's the catch? Because, you know, you got to understand on my side is like when you let when you let down so many times, you get very skeptical when someone says, yes, I would do it for free. Right. So um, and she's and my friend felt the same way. She was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, she seemed to be genuine, but I don't know. So at this time, I was like, what's her name? So because I never asked the person's name or whatnot. She was like, her name is Shara. And I was like, did you scan her profile thoroughly to make sure? Because now I'm kind of on edge, like, this can't be true. No one does nothing for free. So she scanned it, 
while I was on the phone with her, she was like, well, she seemed to be genuine. I mean, how you feel about it? She said, I, I feel um, skeptical too, but if this is what you want to do, I'm supporting you 100%. So I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you my poetry. Whatever happens, happens. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And she kept asking me, are you sure? I was like, well, I don't have nothing to lose. What, what's going to happen? <laughs> so I say, if she was to steal it, I'll write some more. So be it. You know what I mean? It's not the first time. So and she was like, okay. So I sent it to her. It took about a week to get there. And her and my third party was conversing during the, during the editing process. And it took that took about two weeks. And she was keeping me updated on what's going on or whatnot. So, and by the time everything was everything was solidified, she wanted to know the title of the book. So I was like, well, call it Poetic Declarations or whatnot, because this is my first book or whatnot that's been put out. So I said, you know, something kind of strong, catchy, send it out. And so the title of the book is Poetic Declarations. And it is by myself. Andrew Foster, and she also co-authored it too, just to be on the safe side because of my situation. So once I seen my book in my hand when it was sent to me, I was like, wow, so this this is for real. And so that really kind of put a piece to the puzzle of my life in terms of the writing side of it. And from there, um, she asked my third party, Laura, how do I feel about being her business partner? So now, again, I'm in doubt. <laughs> so it's like, I was like, Laura, what, what Shara got going on? Is she, is she mentally okay? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so Laura started laughing. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she's really a genuine person. Because again, in my situation, it's like, I don't know who to trust. They might not trust me. It's all these thoughts going through my mind. So I was like, well, I guess if that's what she feels or she might have a calling or maybe she sees something I don't see. Okay, fine. Let's go for it. And we end up becoming business partners and we end up... Um, exchanging information and you know we was writing and then we also um emailed each other on the kiosk that we have here at the prison and she is who she is she's genuine very genuine very genuine and coming from a, a place of negativity and um socially separated from everything and everybody that's hard to find and with her, that gave me hope of some kind of place in the world, socially, especially, because I've been socially separated and disarmed for so long. It's like, I didn't know what to think. And we're talking about almost 17 years of this. So that was just a hard thing to deal with and just to fathom in a situation, especially during the time of the pandemic.
And, you know, and I looked at the pandemic at a time where everyone was locked down. It was really a time. It was really like a sit down for everyone. Because I could just imagine if this was just, say, two years ago, I maybe would not probably got in touch with Shower. Because, again, the whole world sitting down, the whole world can sit down and think and look at certain things in a certain way and look at different perspectives and actually um, have that togetherness rather than just work and I don't have time and, and the rest of it. So when it comes to the writing part, this is how my writing life started. And it started during the pandemic. That's how it started. You know, if you had said right before we do the podcast, Mac, I want you to make up my story and let's see how close you get. And I couldn't have made up a better story. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, your your bug to write, right? It was, it was, it was like a bug. It was like a like a like an itch to write. I mean, I'm the same way about just about everything I've done in my life, which is why I've traveled around and done a lot of different things. So that that itch to do something which is um, outside of your previous experience, right? You came from a family where your family didn't didn't talk about writing all the time, right? Right, at all. So, yeah. So, so like you came through that part of who you are you came to this part of who you are now in this place you are now. And in that journey, you also came to this place where you got the writing bug and then school stuff showed up. Right. right. And then, then you decided poetry, which is one of my most favorite things in the world. It's the, for me, it is the hardest thing to do, but it's the best thing to do because it is so compressed it is. It's. It's like you know. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Uh, they're like little fish and stuff. They're like this big, and you put them in a glass of water, and they soak up the water, and they go, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Right. <laughs> Poetry's like that for me. And then you the stuff with Shara and and working with her on the publishing side of thing. In in this back and forth, hither and yon journey to this place in your life with all those things, does your, does, does your sense of yourself become richer, more spiritual, more satisfying, more a sense of, of purpose for you? It's, it's more rich in purpose. Okay. Um, at first I was trying to find purpose right and to be honest with you Matt I'm still going along like I said earlier putting these pieces together because you know usually I mean I hear a lot of people say well you know my dad was this and you know I got it from him right or my brother was this and I got it from him I can't I can't say that because I don't know where I got this passion from. I don't know where it derived from. 
So it's more of a spiritual on the spiritual side of things. It's more of, I think, the creator of all things mm-hmm. for putting this bug, as you call it, on me to get my words out there to communicate more to whether it's just writing out my frustration, just if it's just writing out poetry or it's just to be writing just for the sake of writing. It gives me more purpose. And with writing, and you know this yourself, you can go anywhere with writing. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the world you want to go, you can do it through writing, whether it's professionally or whether it's just you're just doing it out of imagination. You can go anywhere with writing. So writing gave me that purpose. Yeah, and more hope to look forward to in the future. Two things. One, one thing that I discovered about the act of writing for me is sometimes I don't know why I need to write something. And then I find out after I wrote it, it it's because it was something that I needed to know. It was something that I needed to know. That happens with me as well. But I don't got to the point now when it comes to writing. And I'll go back to my old writings, too, as well. Yeah. Where I might write something and I just might leave it and just say, oh, forget it. I'm just not feeling it. I'm going to go on to something else. But then when I go back, it's like, you know what? Sometimes it's like, why did I write this? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I know what I was trying to do. Let me touch it up and make it something bigger. Mm-hmm. And we tend to do that as writers. We always tend to do that. But lately, with, when it comes to writing, I'm always more focused on what I want to write about. Mm-hmm. Even, even if I don't feel like it, I just go ahead and just write. Or I might find inspiration in, the, in some of the craziest situations and just write about it. Or it just might be an idea. I might write a poem about it, you know. And dealing with poetry, and like I said, I feel this poetry is how you look at life and how you see things. Most of my ideas are drawn out of people, whether it's on TV or whether it's my surroundings or whether it's just having this podcast. It's drawn out of people, whether it's positive or negative. It really doesn't matter. But I always try to leave with a conclusion, with a positive outlook versus a negative outlook. And don't, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a fan of Sylvia Plath and you know all the dark poetic writers I am, but one thing I know about all of them, they will still, they will still find a way to have that, to shine positive light on what the things they were trying to express. And that's why I try to do when it comes to my poetry and, and to my writing. Oh, yeah. So two questions. First one, let's, let's, let's make you a rock. You're Andrew, Andrew Foster, the rock. And you're, you're, you're rock, you who you are. We throw that rock into the world, into the personality, into humanity, into the people who read your work and run into you. What would you like the ripples that you make to look like? What kind of quality would you like to leave as your sort of your sort of writing poetic signature? 
the rest of the world. Our hope that the world will feel the ripple effect of expression and being yourself. No matter where you came from, no matter the background, no matter the disadvantages, I will hope for the world to just believe in themselves, no matter what it is. If you feel like you want to be a writer, write. If you feel like you want to be an engineer, be that the best engineer as possible. But after the ripples, after the ripple effect goes by and everything settles, everyone should just want to be themselves and be a better self. So sometime in the future, people who have met you during 2020 are talking about this time, this very strange time. How would you like them when somebody says, well, how did Andrew Foster handle himself during this time? What would you like them to say? Well, during 2020, I would tell people, especially on the outside, the way I handle my situation is the same way you all handle you situation through 2020. Because, believe it or not, what y'all suffered on the outside is the same thing I've been suffering for 17 years. The separation the doubts, the mentally um, being disabled mentally from work and not knowing this is what I suffered for the, the past 17 years. But as you all got through it and it took time and everyone has their own route, their own path, we got through it. I got through it. So with that being said, we all we both learned a lesson. Just on my end, I'm away from everyone. And you all is in, y'all out there, but we suffered the same incarceration on the same level. And so I would just tell people just to continue and let that be a learning experience and a tool to move forward and to also to come together for the common good just in case this situation was ever happened again. Never forget where you came from. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Andrew, for the privilege of having this time with you. You're welcome. You're welcome, Matt. I, um, I really appreciate this. And, um, you know, who, who knew when I saw something that Shara had written where it would lead Right. <laughs> right. 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 And being being open to the presence of of love in the universe, I think, makes That's us open, makes us open to like, wow. Wow. How did that happen? Well, I don't need to know how it happened. I just need to accept that it is happening. And it happens. Exactly. I and agree. And I can't wait to read your book. I saw it on the website. And now that I've had a conversation with you, I have more um, 
more of a sense of your landscape and who you are. And that will enrich my understanding of what you write. So now I can read it and I can really um, populate it with who you are. Enjoy. That's my plan. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) We We will talk again soon about other things and um i'll let you know it's going to be a few weeks uh but i'll let you know when the when the podcast goes up live cool okay it's a pleasure matt anytime all right take good care of your precious self right all right you too matt all right safe out there okay later on bye all right thanks for giving us a listen As we move forward with this situation, with this thing that's us, let's never forget that we are all in this together. No matter what else happens, we're all in this together. Thank you.